We've been looking at the, at the power of the Holy Spirit and I, I don't know about you, but I have made a conscious effort this week to up my time in tongues. And I can tell you, uh, well, perhaps Fee could even tell you, that there's been a change in my life. There, uh, she says, oh, you're so much more loving. <laughs> That's good. Uh, uh, but you know, I, I felt strangely warm. It's like my, my heart became alive. And, and, and I believe it's like God throwing uh, uh, sticks on a fire. It's growing bigger. And I'm excited um, because I really believe, as, as we shared last week, about the importance of praying in tongues. I intend to carry on with that because some of you asked uh, me to, to keep on speaking about that. So I'm going to do that. And I believe that, that God wants to break out into your life and into my life, into the life of the church and into the life of the nation. God is not, I, I don't believe God is, hallelujah, <laughs> signs and wonders, <laughs> hallelujah, is that somebody's phone, hallelujah, praise God, anyway, um, it could be, <laughs> it seems to be no. coming from over there, hallelujah, praise God, anyway, so I, I really, uh, you know, I want to encourage you that I, I've been practicing what I've been preaching. Aren't I good? <laughs> Hallelujah. And there's really been a, a tremendous work of the Holy Spirit that I believe that as I continue to move in, in the fullness of the Spirit, I've always prayed in the Spirit. Um, uh, we're going to have some musical accompaniments all through the service today, so enjoy it. Um, but I believe that as we, as we uh, move in the Holy Ghost, that God is going to do a new, exciting refreshing and glorious work in us. I want to recap on some of the things that I said um, last week as we've been praying about that why it's important to pray in tongues. And I said to you, one of the, the major benefits is that it deepens our relationship with God. And I can testify to that this week. It gives us peace. It reveals mystery to us. It grants us wisdom and direction. It gives us power and anointing, breakthrough and joy in our, in our spirit. If that were all that was, that was offered, it would be wonderful. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. And yet there's so much more. There's joy and there's breakthrough. Uh, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 14, 17. So God wants to bring the church to a place of awakening. God wants to bring it to a place of power and authority. I long for the day when the church is going to be the voice of authority in the land again. You know, in, in days gone by, the church was so powerful that kings trembled before the church. And it's because, of, I believe, because of our lukewarmness and our apathy and because of our indifference and, if I dare say it, our own laziness, that the church has lost ground in, in, in every sphere of life. We're not the force to be reckoned with that we once were. And I believe with all my heart that this end time church is going to be a powerful, anointed church that is going to speak to the nations like never before. Can you say amen? amen. So we're seeing that praying in, in the Holy Ghost or praying in the Holy Spirit uh, brings these wonderful blessings. But praying in the Spirit also builds us up. It strengthens us. It gives us rest in times of trouble and refreshing when we dry as a bone. You know, ever been spiritually dry? I'm sure you have. It comes to every Christian at some point. The blessing that God says in Isaiah 28 and 11 and 12 is, this is the rest. This is the refreshing 
with stammering lips and other tongues he'll speak unto this nation and so when we pray with stammering lips and other tongues it brings a refreshing to our heart and to our spirit we also saw that that praying in spirit makes us spirit conscious remember jesus said that believers would speak in other tongues mark 16 and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak in new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands upon the sick and we saw that that speaking in tongues was sandwiched sandwiched between uh, casting out devils and laying hands on the sick and the miraculous and i said to you last week i believe that there's a correlation uh, in the spirit world, between the amount of time we pray in the spirit and the signs being manifest. And so I, I hope that that serves as an encouragement uh, to you uh, to, to pray more in spirit. Because between the casting out of devils and the healing of the sick, God sandwiches praying in tongues. We saw that uh, tongues was a, a link to the supernatural, to the miraculous. We looked at Acts 1.8. Uh, you shall receive power. And that was the Greek word dunos, miracle working power. God's ability shall come upon us when we are are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think that the church, one of the main problems in the church today is that the church lacking power. I believe one of the things that will bring revival to the nation is when the church recognizes that she is the answer. That Christ in the church is going to bring revival to the nation. And when we start to move in the miraculous and signs and wonders are taking place and the power of God has been manifest, this place will not be big enough to hold what God wants to do. I believe God's going to break out. But He's looking to you and He's looking to me to say, Hey, I want you to stir up your spirit. Remember the Apostle Paul said, stir up your spirit, uh, stir up the gift of God that was in you. And so we need to do that. We need to stir up our spirit. We saw that, the, that, uh, that when the Holy Ghost came us, we got this miracle working power and the ability to witness. And I asked you last week how, much, how many miracles you've been involved in and, and how many people you've led to the Lord. And then I asked you um, how, how much time you spent praying in tongues. And I think that there's a correlation between the amount of time we pray in tongues and the, the, the people that we witness to and the signs that we manifest. We saw that, uh, again, that speaking in tongues was a fulfillment of prophecy, as I mentioned in Isaiah 28. And Isaiah said it's the, the rest and the refreshing of God. And we also saw that, that that's not just a, a spiritual cliche, that you can actually measure that. And how neuroscientists have been doing a lot of research, and I won't go into that, except to say that the one research I mentioned was that two chemicals are released in the brain when we speak in tongues or worship in the spirit. And those two chemicals actually boost our immune system by no less than 35 to 40 percent. And the amazing thing is that 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 part of the brain that releases these chemicals seems to have no other function in the brain. And so God says you will be built up, you'll be strengthened. Your immune system is strengthened by 35 to 40% when we pray in the Holy Spirit. Another reason uh, that uh, we, uh, we looked at was that 1 Corinthians 4, he speaks in an unknown tongue, edifies himself. Uh, and who who prophesies edifies the church. We saw those two chemicals. We also saw that it makes us spirit conscious. If you really want to get close to God, if you really want to come into His presence, 
One of the things that I think we can do and that we've underestimated is praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, when I, when I pray in English, I'm praying thoughts that come from my brain and, uh, and uh, my brain gives words, uh, rise to the words that I speak. But when I prayed in the Spirit, remember we saw that the neuroscientists have actually saw that, that uh, our frontal lobe uh, is where our speech center takes place. When we pray in English, it's very active. You can see it on these uh, PET scans, these imaging machines, that when you're speaking in English, the front part of your brain, the frontal lobe, actually is highly lit up. Uh, but we saw that when you pray in the Spirit, you see, uh, our frontal lobe is actually at rest, exactly as Isaiah said it would be. This is the rest. This is refreshing. And we saw that, that when, when you pray in the Spirit, nothing happens in the frontal lobe, but, but uh, th these amazing changes take place in the body. We can demonstrate that scientifically. Uh, but more importantly, when we pray in the Spirit, our tongue is connected not to our brain, so it's not an intellectual process, but to our spirit. And we saw that uh, when we do that, we, we pray the mind and the will of God. That's why it's very important for us to pray in the Holy Ghost. We also saw that, that tongues is a hotline to heaven. Amen. And so uh, we, we, we looked at that. He that speaketh not unto, unto uh, men, but he speaketh unto God. First Corinthians 14 and verse 2. And so we have a direct hotline to heaven. Okay. Today I want to carry on uh, in, in a similar vein uh, of the things that we've been looking. And I hope that you'll be encouraged by some of the, the testimonies uh, that, that we shared this morning that, that will really inspire you uh, uh, to build on what we were looking at last week. And uh, I want to start off by looking at Acts chapter 8. Because some people say that... Uh, that Pentecost, or the speaking in tongues, was given by God to establish the church. And uh, uh, because they didn't have a Bible, uh, God gave them the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that's why they spoke in tongues. And their contention is that uh, you don't need to speak in tongues if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. There are whole denominations that actually teach that. Um, and so... These people actually use Acts 8 to argue uh, that, that, that uh, the apostles prayed for the, these disciples to get filled with the Holy Spirit, and there's no mention of tongues uh, anywhere in that chapter. Well, we're going to look at that, and uh, I think it's worth pointing out that Dr. Monroe says Acts chapter 8 uh, was actually carrying on way after Pentecost. It was eight years later, and if you look at Acts 19, that was 20 years later, and they're still speaking in tongues. And how many know 2,000 years later, there's still a church speaking in tongues, amen? So um, let me give you some background as we look at their claims as to um, whether it's necessary to speak in tongues uh, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and the, the background of this is the, the stoning of Stephen. And remember, after Stephen was stoned, there was great persecution that broke out against the church. And the church was scattered abroad. And Stephen goes down to Samaria and he preaches the gospel to those that were in Samaria. And the amazing things that happened. Let's just pick it up in Acts chapter 8, verses 4 and 5. Uh, it says this, verse 4. 
They therefore were scattered abroad, went about preaching the word. That's a good church. And, and Philip went down to Samaria and proclaimed unto them Christ. And if you read on, you see that revival broke out. You see that, that people were being healed. There were, the, the demons were being cast out. There were all sorts of acts of the supernatural. And there was great joy in the city as a result of, of um, this revival that was breaking out. And so it's kind of fitting that what, what the Lord has been talking about in, in the Spirit so far. Because he wants to bring revival to each other. And so in, in verses 14 through 16, notice what he says. Now when the apostles that were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them the big guns. Peter and John, okay, who, when they would come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet it was fallen upon none of them, only they that were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, these people argue here in Acts that the disciples came down from Jerusalem and they certainly were, did pray for them uh, to receive the Holy Spirit. But there is no mention of them speaking in tongues. And so this becomes one of their proof texts uh, to, to, to say that, hey, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you don't necessarily have to speak in tongues. Now, that's what they argue. I want to look at in a little bit more detail um, as, we, as we look at that. Uh, we'll see if their claim is true. And as I was waiting on God, it's like verse 6 jumped out at me. And I had never seen this before, and I, it, it, I found it very interesting. Uh, Acts chapter 8 and verse 6. And the people with one accord gave heed. In other words, they're paying close attention uh, to everything, that, that those things which Philip spake. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Hearing and seeing the miracles with, which he did. What miracles did the disciples here, I thought, that seems to be a, a, a reference to tongues. If, if that were the, the only reference, it, it would say, well, that's interesting, but it's definitely not conclusive. I believe that that, that really was uh, what Simon saw when, when the apostles laid hands upon them. He saw them speaking in tongues. And remember, he wanted to buy that gift uh, that the people um, wanted to uh, um, so that whoever he laid hands on. You can, you can find that in verses 18 uh, through 21. I just want to read two verses. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, and he offered them money. Maybe this guy was a sorcerer. He'd done many astounding things, and he'd, he'd actually bamboozled the, the, the people uh, there. And, and uh, So he was used to signs and wonders, but this was a sign that he had never experienced, and he was actually moved by it and uh, so he wanted to buy this gift uh, so what did Simon see I believe that he saw the speaking in tongues again not conclusive but it's beginning to beginning to uh, uh, take on a little bit of substance he wanted to buy the, the ability that when he laid hands on people that they would speak in tongues and, you know, this interpretation of, of speaking in tongues gathers momentum when you look at uh, Peter's response to Simon's request. In verse 20, But Peter said unto them, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. For thou hast no part nor matter in this lot, 
for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Thou hast no part nor lot in this matter. Do you know what that Greek word matter is? When I looked it up, you could have blown me over with a fear. That word matter is logos. It means words, speaking, or communication. That's what logos means. Now, now it actually has substance to, to the claim that this is more than just speaking in tongues. You could translate it this way. That has neither part nor lot in these words, speech, or communication. That puts a completely different complexion on, on, on this chapter, doesn't it? Well, it does for me. I'm sorry if you didn't get it, but it does for me. I was quite amazed by that. You see, because four out of five times in, in, in the book of Acts, you see uh, in Acts chapter 2 that they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. Acts chapter 9 was Peter, uh, Paul's confession, he spoke in tongues. Acts chapter 10 uh, at Cornelius' house, when they got baptized with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. And again in Acts 19, uh, when Paul came across those certain disciples, they spoke in tongues. And so it becomes four out of the five cases, it's absolutely clear that when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues. And here in, in the disputed passage in, in the eighth chapter, to me, I have found from, from my own heart, at least, I am totally convinced that, the, that when they talk about the matter, the logo, thou shalt have no part in this speaking or in this communication. It is a clear reference in the original language to the fact that they were speaking in tongues. Amen? Amen. Oh, I was excited about that. You can be more excited too. This is church. <laughs> so, you know, the people have, and I think the reason that this happens is that people have been told all their lives that speaking in tongues is of the devil. Ever heard that, that you know, people say that? Well, I, I came across Todd Smith, um, who was a pastor, and, you know, he was one of those who didn't believe that miracles was for today. In fact, he mocked Pentecostals and actually went as far as saying, speaking in tongues is of the devil. And he would have agreed that Acts 8 certainly proved that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues. But when you go into the original Greek, it becomes very evident that that's not true. But he got hungry. He got thirsty. And I'm just wondering if there's anybody in this place who's really hungry and thirsty for the things of God. If you want more of God, if there's that desire in your heart, because that's what happened to Apostle Todd. He, was, he got hungry and, and you know, he thought, there's got to be more to my Christian life. And so he determined that he would read the gospel without his denominational glasses. And when he took off his denominational glasses and just read the scriptures, he became convinced that the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was evidenced by speaking in tongues. And that kind of astounded him because he was one of those who preached against it. But when he took his denominational glasses off and just looked at what the scripture said, that was the conclusion that he came to. So immediately he went to a, a, a Pentecostal church, something those kind of ministers would never do. And as he walks in uh, with his desire for more of God, he's immediately filled with the Holy Spirit and starts to speak in tongues. Something that he denounced all his ministry suddenly now happens to him because he sees that this is the truth of the Word of God. And you know, God began to move in this man in such a powerful way. I believe it was part of God's confirmation plan to show him that he was on the right lines when he began to speak in tongues. And he tells of the account 
of one man who was desperately sick in his congregation. In fact, hospice and the doctor's medical fraternity said, look, he's only got at the most two or three weeks to live. You know, if he's extremely lucky, he may live a month or two. But, you know, we, we kind of think it's going to happen within the next two or three weeks. These people in, in the hospice fraternity, I don't know if you've ever had anything to do with them, but, but they see and deal with death on a daily basis. And they become pretty good at estimating uh, how long people have to live. And, um, anyway, uh, th this, this man was incredibly ill. And he had gone and received a PET scan, which is a, a visual imaging thing that they can uh, look into your, your body and your bones. And they discovered that he had no less than 280 cancerous tumors in his body. In the next week or two, you can find 280 cancerous tumors in his body. And, uh, you know, he was in excruciating pain and absolute agony. It was, you know, the pain was unbearable for this poor man. And there was this revival that was breaking on out in Pastor Todd's church because suddenly the power of the Holy Spirit was coming upon their services and people were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and signs and wonders were taking place. And this man who had been given two weeks to live heard about it and he said, I, I so want to be baptized, but I, I, just, I haven't got the strength to go. And he said to his wife, would you go in my place? Would you stand proxy for me and be baptized in my place and she said I'll do that so she went and spoke to, to Pastor Todd he said I'm quite happy for under the circumstances uh, to do that and so he baptized her as a point of contact uh, for her husband and when she got out the waters of baptism and dried herself they said give us the towel and we want to uh, anoint it with prayer we're going to pray over the towel and uh, he said when you get home take, the, take this towel and just lay it on your husband's body she did and almost immediately, within minutes, this excruciating pain, this agony that was indescribable, vanished. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Two, uh, 280 cancers. You can imagine the pain that this man was in. Vanished. The next day, the doctors had already uh, set up a, a, a PET scan, another PET scan uh, for him, because they wanted to see how what was happening in his body. And he went to... Uh, he went for a, uh, this PET scan, this imaging thing, and the doctor was dumbfounded. She said, I'm looking at your old PET scan, and I can see the 280 cancerous tumors, and I'm looking at the new PET scan. The old 280 cancerous tumors, the new, there isn't one tumor left. We can see no signs of cancer. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the God that you and I serve. We serve a God who can do amazingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. A God of miracles. And this man, 280 cancerous tumors vanished overnight. That was an absolute miracle. What a confirmation to Pastor Todd that speaking in tongues and miracles offer today. <laughs> I think it changed his life. Hallelujah. I want to look further into uh, 1 Corinthians 14.2 that we, we looked at, uh, started looking at it. It says this, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit he speaketh in the Spirit, he speaketh mysteries. 
That word mysteries is the Greek word mysterion. And mysterion actually means unspoken things, undeclared things, secret things. Um, and it, it, it really is the, the definition of mysteries. When we speak in tongues, God unlocks mysteries. God begins to, to do a new work in us. You know, I believe that when you, when you speak in tongues, fresh revelation comes. You can come to the scriptures after being praying over it in tongues, and God can unlock passages, show you things that you haven't seen before. I believe that was, that's what Acts 8.6 happened to me this week. And so it, it's really important that we, we see that as we pray in tongues that uh, revelation comes, the scriptures open up, rhema from God comes to us, the hidden things become revealed. It's a very powerful thing that takes place. Mysteries are, are explained to us in our spirit. I want to share a testimony. Well, it's not my testimony. It's Bob Rogers' testimony. Uh, he's a pastor. And uh, he, he gave this testimony. And uh, it, concerned, it happened some time ago in America when seven small planes crashed on one particular day. And about, in fact, 40 people were killed uh, over these seven airplane crashes. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was a, a very devastating event in, in aviation history for small planes on that particular day. Anyway, Bob Rogers' wife was woken by the Holy Spirit at 2 o'clock in the morning, and she felt a prompting of the Holy Ghost to pray. Ever had that? You know, you, you read, God wakes you up and you know you've got to pray. She had no idea what she was praying about. It was an absolute mystery to her. But she, she really felt deep in her spirit that she needed to pray. So she prayed. She didn't know what to pray, so she prayed in tongues. She prayed in the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, it, it took about half an hour, and suddenly the peace of God came upon her. And she felt that she prayed through. You know, let me say to you, some Christians pray, and other Christians pray through. It's important that we learn to pray through until we have the peace of the Holy Ghost before we stop praying. Can you say amen? And so she prayed through. The next morning, it so happened that uh, you know Bob Rogers was, was uh, got into his airplane, a small light aircraft, and uh, as he was on, as he was flying, he had three systems failures, and the plane went down and crashed. But he was the only, he was the seventh plane that crashed on that seventh when the seventh plane. He was the seventh plane that crashed, but he was the only one to walk away. And he, he got up and he, and he told the pastors that were present, he said, you know, I'm here today because my wife woke up in the middle of the night and prayed in tongues for me. She pushed back the devil's plans who tried to kill me. I believe the Holy Spirit had prompted her to pray that her husband would survive. I believe that that, that is a, a scriptural thing that happens. Do you remember how many times that happened in the Bible? Over and over again we can see examples of that. Remember Paul on his way to Rome? Uh, they, they, they get, they, they're about to sail there, and he says, man, guys, this is, a, this is a dangerous scenario. He said, I perceive, in other words, the Holy Spirit had showed him, I perceive that there's going to be, this is going to be a dangerous voice. And you can read about it in Acts 27.10, if you've never read the story before. And he said unto them, that is the captain and the, and the guards on the ship, Sir, I perceive that this voyage will be of hurt and much danger, uh, much damage, I beg your pardon. Not only of the lading of the ship, but also to our lives. Now remember, by Paul's own confession, he was a tongue talker. Amen? These things only happen to spirit-filled believers. 
And so we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we want God's direction and guidance, it, it really is a great benefit if we speak in tongues. And here, uh, God and the Holy Spirit is revealing to him, a mystery to him. He says, there's danger up ahead. And you know, you know the story. I won't take time to go into it, but that's not the purpose of what we're looking at today. But you know how everything that, that the Holy Spirit had showed Paul came to pass exactly as it was told to him. You know, my mentor, uh, Gordon Lindsay, was another tongue talker, another one of those wild charismaniacs. And, uh, you know, he, he, he was a great believer and he really encouraged us to speak in tongues. Well, on this one particular occasion, he'd booked a flight. He was out of America and he was traveling around the world. And he'd booked a, a, a flight. And the night before he was due to get on the airplane, the Holy Spirit began to work on him. And he said, I've never experienced the conviction of the Holy Spirit like I, I experienced that night. And he said, over and over, he felt the Holy Spirit said, don't get on that flight. Don't get on that flight. And it, 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 there was no rhyme or reason or logic not to get on that flight. And so the Holy Spirit kept on battering her. And then he remembered that before he left America, a woman had a prophecy for him. And she came up to him and she said, you know, you've been on many uh, missionary trips, but I perceive that there will be danger on this trip. And with the Holy Spirit prompting, don't get on that plane, don't get on that plane, don't get on that plane. And the prophecy suddenly came back to him. He thought, yeah, maybe I shouldn't get on that plane. So he phoned up the airlines then and he said, please, can you book me on another flight, which they duly did. You know, when he landed at his destination, as he got off the plane and he was walking through the airport, you know all those TV monitors that they had? They were all covering this devastating crash of an airliner uh, that had gone down, killing every single person on board. It was the exact plane that the Holy Spirit told him not to fly on. The exact plane had crashed, killing all that were on board. The Holy Spirit had warned him of the danger that was ahead. Just like Paul, he was warned uh, by the Holy Ghost. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit he speaketh mysteries. Speaking in tongues is a supernatural event, and it really we're speaking mysteries, things we don't understand. Remember a couple of years ago, I told you of an experience that happened to me personally. Um, uh, I had gone to bed the one night, and, and God woke me up, and I felt that I, I had this kind of dream that one of my friend's children was going to die. And, and God woke me up, and, and I felt the need to pray. In, in my befuddled sleep state, I thought, you know, this is just a dream. I, I need to go back to sleep. And yet there was a prompting deep in my spirit. There was something that was happening, and I, I just couldn't rest. And so I, I, I said, okay, Lord, you know, you obviously woken me up for a reason. And I began to pray. And, the, and, and as soon as I began to pray, there was like this huge burden that was laid upon my shoulder. And I was really calling out to God. And I, I, I was calling out and calling. And it was a very long time um, before I, I felt uh, the Holy Spirit release me. And eventually, after a couple of hours, I, I felt that the Holy Spirit said, It's okay now, you can go to sleep. And I, I went to sleep the very next morning, that same, same morning, because I was praying in, in, in the early hours, like 2 o'clock. 
uh, about seven o'clock in the morning, this family friend uh, phoned us and said, please, I want you to pray. And I said, hold on, just stop. He said, the Holy Spirit has had me pray for you all last night. She was amazed. She was, you praying for us? I said, yes. She said, do you know what you were praying for? I said, I have no idea. It was a mystery. But I know that I was praying for you. Uh, and I was praying for, for, for one of your children. I feel that we're in danger. She said to me, do you know what happened? She said, last night, my son was attacked by six men and was beaten nearly to death. And they've taken him to intensive care. And that's why I've come to ask you for prayer. The Holy Spirit had already prompted me and, and shown me that I was praying for the life of one of my friends. It's good to be my friend. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you know, it, 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 the Holy Spirit can warn us of impending danger. It's really important. He was fighting for his life. That six men had, had beaten him and robbed him of everything he had. And he'd ended up in intensive care. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? You know, we need to be those that are praying in tongues. It's really, really important. When you pray in tongues, you speak mysteries. You pray into things uh, and God reveals uh, things to you that you couldn't possibly know with your intellect. Remember in Acts chapter 16 how the Holy Ghost speaks to Paul and calls him to Macedonia, and, and he begins his Macedonian ministry because of a dream, because the Holy Spirit had prompted, just like uh, what happened to me, the Holy Spirit began to prompt him, gave him the dream, and opened the door to ministry in Macedonia. And uh, it, it, it really was uh, an incredible thing. Praying in tongues means that we speak to God. He that speaketh of an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. And when you pray to God, how many know that God will speak back to us? And He can speak back to us in so many different ways. He can speak back to us through the Word, through dreams and visions. He can speak back through tongues and prophecies and, uh, and visions. You know, God is not limited in His way to speak to us. But when we're praying in tongues, we have that hotline to heaven and we have the ability to speak to God. Let me give you another example. I was watching Christian TV uh, some time back, and I came across the story about Sandy Culkin. And uh, Sandy Culkin was an unusual character. He, he was a, a, a young Jewish man, and uh, he had a, um, a non-Jewish girlfriend. Strictly taboo. <laughs> and uh, anyway, she, she decided uh, that she wanted to take her, her Jewish boyfriend uh, to a Pentecostal church. And... Uh, you know, the, the, the minister got up there and he was exhorting people. He said, hey, if you want to be, uh, if you want, come get your tongue, you know. And poor old Sandy just about had a heart attack. This is very far from his Jewish roots, you know. He thought, no, I've had enough of this. This is too weird. And he got up and he walked out the church. And a man in the congregation noticed that. And, he, and, and so he decided he'd walk out after him. And he, and he walked out and in the foyer, he met up with the man. And he said, you know, do, you, do you mind if I, I pray for you? And so this Jewish man said, no, no, I guess it's fine, you know. Um, so he, he started praying for Sandy and uh, he was praying in the intellect and, and eventually he felt that the anointing come upon him and he started to pray out in, in tongues and he, he was praying in tongues and unbeknown to him man praying in tongues he began praying in Hebrew he had no idea he was praying in Hebrew he was speaking in tongues when he finished praying Sandy said to him, Oh, you're Jewish. What are the chances of meeting a, another Jewish man in a place like this? 
He said, uh, actually, I'm not, I'm not Jewish. So he said, well, how, how did you know I was a Jew? He said, um, I, I didn't. I had no idea. I don't know who you are. He said, well, what, where did you learn Hebrew? The guy said, that was Hebrew? He said, I, and, you know, because of this amazing mystery that he was speaking as he was praying out in spirit, Sandy's heart was touched by, by this mystery. He realized he'd walked into something supernatural, and he ended up giving his life to Yeshua, to Christ, and he came to the place of salvation. Man, that's what God can do when we start to move in the Holy Ghost. Amen? If we will just take a step of faith, if we will dare to step out and go and pray for people, who knows what God will do? Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14.5. He says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Isn't it interesting that that's what the Bible says? I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. You know that there are people in denomination who that if you speak in tongues in their church, they will give you the left foot of fellowship. Amen? They'll boot you out. They don't want you speaking in tongues in their church, which is a clear violation of Scripture. Paul says, I want you, I wouldn't want like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in a tongue, unless he interprets, so that the church may be edified. Paul, the greatest apostle that ever lived, desired everyone to speak in tongues. You know, if Paul was here, he would say to you and he would say to him, I want you to speak in tongues. I want you to speak in tongues. He wanted everyone to speak in supernatural tongues. Why is it important? Because as we said, it is the doorway to the supernatural, to the power of God. Remember in Acts chapter 19, we referred to it a few moments ago. In Acts chapter 19, Paul was uh, on his road to Ephesus, and he came across certain disciples. They were disciples. You know, I looked up that, that, that word disciples, and you know what it means? It means disciples. You know, they were, they, they had, uh, they were disciples, and, and Paul asked them this question. He said, um, you know, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, oh, no, we, we didn't even know that there was anything like the Holy Spirit. We had no idea about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Paul said to them, well, what kind of baptism were you baptized? You know, unto John's baptism. And so, uh, uh, so when, when uh, he did that in Acts chapter 19, verse 6, when Paul laid his hands upon them, uh, he, remember, because he said to them, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, but Jesus said uh, uh, that they would need to believe on the Holy Ghost, the one that would come after him. And so he lays hands, Paul lays hands upon them in verse 6. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Two of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, two of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit started to manifest immediately that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's why we say being, speaking in tongues is the doorway into the supernatural. It didn't necessarily have to be the gift of, of prophecy or the gift of tongues. It could have been any of the gifts. But as we said last week, it's important to, to recognize because five out of five of, the, of the, the accounts in Acts, when it speaks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all show that they spoke with tongues, if, especially if you look at, at Acts 8. And so uh, this is why it's the doorway into the supernatural, speaking in tongues. Tongues release an anointing, and the gifts start to flow. 
And when the gifts of the Holy Spirit start to flow in the church, how many know that revival is not far behind? When the Holy Ghost starts to breathe on a congregation and signs and wonders are manifesting, man, people are going to be drawn to the anointing, to the signs and wonders and, 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 and the miracles that God does. So revival is not far behind when we speak in tongues. And that's why I, I want to urge you uh, to, to keep praying in tongues even more and more. Jesus said, uh, on his last uh, sort of a, a, a appearance to the disciples, you know, he was about to be taken back up into glory. And so he uh, saved some of the most important comments that he was going to make to the disciples to the very end. You know, when somebody's on their deathbed, um, it, that, that's one of the most important conversations that they're ever going to have with somebody. Um, when, you, when, you, when it's the last time you can speak to, to that person or to that group of people, you want to say the things that are the most important things uh, that, that are on your heart. And uh, so Jesus called everybody together. And uh, in, we pick up the, the account in Acts chapter 1 and verses 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized uh, with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. I wonder if you picked up on the language that the Bible uses. Jesus commanded them. You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. It's not like putting a spoiler on the back of your car. You know, it's not like having, you know, a big exhaust on the back. You know, it's not an optional action. Jesus commanded those that were following him to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it is the doorway into the supernatural. It is the power of God released into a community when people begin to pray. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when, when we are clothed with power. It's when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. We are taken to a new level in God. The more you pray in tongues, I believe the, the greater authority you will have in the Spirit. I believe the more the, the supernatural will attend your life because you are communing, having direct communication with our Father. We are praying the exact will of the Father because we are praying in the Spirit. And so God wants us to pray in tongues. And so it, tongues is really where we are clothed, where we, uh, we are covered, um, we were immersed where we are saturated into the Holy Spirit and where we are filled with the power of God. I think some of us are like our phones, half, you know, batteries all dead, you know, that need, need to be plugged in and charged. And I believe that the, the church needs to wake up and pray in the Holy Spirit so that we might be endured with power. Remember what he said in Acts 1.8? For you shall receive what? Power. Miracle working ability. The, the ability of God will come after the Holy Ghost has come upon. Why? Because the believer is immersed. The, the believer is baptized. It's interesting that they talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we are put under. We are covered. We are immersed, saturated with the Holy Spirit. It's a very, very powerful thing. If we just stop a moment to think about it. We covered uh, and immersed in the Holy Spirit. The more we pray in tongues, the more spiritual power and authority we'll have. Remember Jesus told the disciples, he said, in the upper room, he said, wait 
until you endure the fire. Wait. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything until you've received the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes we forget that. We think, oh, I, I speak in tongues. I've got the Holy Spirit. We need to be waiting on God every day, praying in the Holy Spirit, waiting on God before we go out and do uh, our day's work, before we go out and do anything. And if we do that, we're immersed in God. We're immersed in the Holy Spirit. We're anointed. We're empowered to face whatever comes our way. And when we do that, supernatural signs and wonders can take place in our life. Are you, are you getting anything out of this this morning? Yeah. Amen. You, you're looking very Baptist on me. <laughs> I love the Baptist, by the way. Don't, don't get upset. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus told them to wait. And we need to wait. It's interesting. Those that waited, all 120 were filled in the upper room. There wasn't one that God missed out. And that says to me that every single one of us need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need to have that experience of speaking in other tongues. You know, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen this morning? See, those guys who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, read what happened to them. They turned the world upside down. There was a great revival that broke out because of the Pentecostal blessing. The church was set on fire by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And what do we need now in the church day is fresh fire. We need a new anointing. And it comes when we pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I'm so hungry for revival. I ache. I so want a move of God's Spirit. I'm prepared to do anything. God, just, I've got to have more of God. Are you hungry this morning? Are you desperate for more of God? Or have you become kind of tired and just going through the motions. I urge you, stir up the gift that's within you. Stir up everything that God wants to do. Seek God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Have you been praying in tongues? When suddenly something changes in the spirit, and you're praying in tongues, and, and it becomes a little bit militant, and a little bit, uh, a, a little bit aggressive, uh, maybe even angry, you think, what on earth is going on? I believe the Holy Spirit in us is confront, confronting demonic powers. He recognized that the enemy has a plan to attack him. And when we pray in the Spirit, and suddenly there's this militant warfare tongue that comes on us, uh, it's because that God is trying to uh, set aside the schemes and the designs of the devil. You know, and Derek Prince actually calls this a warfare tongue. There's no, no scripture for it, but I think if you've been praying in the Holy Spirit for any length of time, you will have experienced how the Spirit of God rises up within us and actually takes us to that place. So it's something we've all experienced, and uh, it's because that God wants to defeat the plans and purposes of the enemy in our lives. It sounds good, amen. Hallelujah. So, I, I came across this testimony by, by uh, Pastor James Fortune, and uh, he, he was saying that uh, when he was a, a new believer, he took this demon-possessed girl to church. And uh, as soon as the music started, uh, he, he raised his hands and began to sing in the spirit. And this demon-possessed girl that he was trying to get saved, her whole demeanor changed. Suddenly she became really angry and she reached up and pulled his hands down and said, Stop that singing! That singing is hurting me. That was his testimony. I, 
as I say, I don't have scripture for it, but uh, you know, I, I do believe that when we're praying in the Holy Spirit, that, that we are invading principalities and powers of darkness because we actually are in the Spirit and we can do warfare in the Spirit. I believe when we pray in tongues, we can do damage to the forces of darkness. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Believe power is released into the spirit world. 1 Corinthians 14.5, as I bring this to a close, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would have you prophesying. He who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. Tongues can be interpreted. Someone who prays in an unknown tongue can, uh, uh, can interpret that tongue, or the Holy Spirit can drop the interpretation upon another spirit believer. This is not done with the intellect, obviously, for those of you who haven't uh, been long in Pentecost, uh, but um, those uh, who are led by the Spirit, when a tongue is brought out, the Holy Ghost can, can drop the interpretation upon another believer. They can interpret the essence of what the Holy Ghost was saying. You know, the problem comes many times when uh, you, you, you hear uh, a, a short tongue being prayed and that you hear there's a massive long interpretation. And, and, and people have said to me before, they said, man, they're adding to the Word of God. And I've had to say, no, 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 no actually not. It's, it's not a translation. And there's a difference between a translation and an interpretation. And so the same thing happens. You know, you, you might have uh, a, a very uh, long tongue and a short interpretation. Again, it's not a translation. When you go into the United Nations, uh, they pay a lot of money for people to translate uh, whatever said in one language precisely and exactly into another language. That is a translation. And every word is crucial and important and is, is really important to speak that way. That is a translation. But interpretation is something that gives you the gist. You, it gives you the impression, the overall impression of what the Holy Spirit was trying to say. You know, when I was preaching in Africa, I would actually go out and, and I was preaching the gospel and to, to the Africans. They have many different dialects. I speak a few of them, but certainly not all of them. And I, I would often have an interpreter accompanying with me. And I, I would say something and and he would interpret whatever I said. And sometimes I would make a short statement, and the interpreter would go on and on and on and on. And I'd say to him afterwards, did, did I say all of that? He said, no. But in order for them to understand what you said, I had to say all those words. And that's the difference between uh, an interpretation and a, a translation. You're trying to give them the gist of what has happened. I want to close with this... Um, with a story, and I hope it will encourage you this morning. I want to say to you that the speaking in tongues is a rich, powerful blessing for the church. I came across some research. I just, this, you can have this one for free. But I came across some research um, as I was uh, looking at this thing, and I discovered that, you know, that Pentecostalism in charismatic and Pentecostal circles is in decline. I was shocked. And I thought... I, I, actually, looking back over the last 20 years, I can see that, that, that there's maybe some truth to it. We need to be those that are stirring up the gifts. We need to be those that are moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. I close with this little story of, of Derek Prince. 
Derek Prince uh, was in America and he, he, he tells about this lady who was visiting the sick in hospital and uh, she came across this man who didn't speak any English whatsoever. She didn't speak anything other than English. So she said, well, you know, um, there's only one thing to do because I can't talk to him. I'm going to, you know, and he, and he really looked down in the dumps and, and, and really lonely and, and broken and and she thought, I can't speak to him. He doesn't understand English. And, um, so she decided to, to pray in tongues. Immediately she said a few words. This guy brightened right up and, 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 and got excited. And, and, as, and as soon as there was, uh, uh, she took a breath, this guy began to answer her and, and spoke in this unknown language. And she thought, I, I, don't know how, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know how to respond. So she carried on praying in tongues. And so when, he, when she would take a breath, he would jump in very quickly. And, and, and before long, you know, it's a, uh, they were having this conversation. Later, it turned out that she was amazed to discover that she, as she was talking with this man that, that, um, uh, that didn't speak any English and she didn't speak anything but English, it transpires that she was speaking in Spanish. And that's why the man got excited, because he suddenly heard his native tongue, and he was having a conversation with this lady. Now, that's a very rare occurrence, but nevertheless, it still happens. Like that man speaking Hebrew, you know, when we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, anything can happen. And so, it becomes really important that we fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. What an incredible Savior. He does so many amazing things. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could just take a moment and just begin to praise God and just thank Him for all His goodness to us. Hallelujah. Will you do that with me? Will you just lift up your voice and begin to thank God and uh, worship Him and thank Him for all His signs and wonders. Thank you for all your goodness. Father, we praise You. We glorify. Lift up your voice, please. Just, just worship the Lord with me. Glory. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for the great things you do. Blessed be your name, O Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We're hungry for you, Lord. We want more, God. Lord, don't let us stagnate. Don't let us stay in our spiritual apathy, Lord. Begin to lift up your voice. Begin to really praise the Lord. Begin to worship Him. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of honor. He is worthy of glory. Lift up your voice and magnify Him this morning. Glory and honor and praise to your name. Jesus, you are high and exalted. You are magnificent, Lord. We praise and magnify you. Holy Spirit, we worship and adore you. You are the power of God. We rejoice in your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you. Oh, Father, we love you and we adore you and we worship you, Lord. Thank you.